You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. So this is our visiting couple, Steve and Barbara Williams. They were with us Friday and Saturday. Let's give them a big round of applause. Welcome them in for Sunday. And... We did have another couple, Barry and Anne Diamond White, were meant to be here and took suddenly ill. It really looked very strange when it happened. We were very concerned and we prayed for her on Friday night. And Barry, her husband, told me yesterday something like a miracle happened for her. So we give God the glory for that. Praise God. But we miss them here today. But honestly, we've been blessed with the ministry of Steve and Barbara. Uh, They're going to preach for a bit, and they're going to minister in the Holy Spirit as well, and we love that here. Who'll say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So over to Stephen Barbara, who's up first. Barbara. All right. Good morning. Good morning, morning, Grace Church. This, you know what? We've been here. This is our third service here, and we've spent some time with you all. This is a wonderful church. This is a great church. God is doing an amazing worker. You have amazing pastors. God has blessed you with an amazing building. And you are great people that have a hunger and passion for God. That's a, that's a winning combination. I just Man. want to tell you, we are so blessed to be here and so proud to be part of what you're doing. Um, I just have a short word this morning. Um, and it's based out of basically Isaiah 43. It says in Isaiah 43, But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, O Grace Church, (laughs) he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave, give Egypt as your ransom and cushion Seba in exchange for you because you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. It doesn't say if you go through the waters and pass through the fires. It says when. That's part of our journey to go pass through the waters, through the rivers and the fire. But he's promised they won't overwhelm us and he will be with us. Why? Because you are precious in his sight. When I think of something precious, I think of precious jewels, diamonds, emeralds, rubies, and sapphires, something that is costly, something that is treasured, something is to be sought after, something is to be purchased, guarded, and treasured. And the value of something precious is what it costs. You are precious to God because it cost him his son. If If it cost him his son to purchase you, He's not about to abandon you. Amen. He's not about to ever leave you or forsake you, no matter what's going on in your life. And I want to encourage you with that. And I want to go back to another thing, because sometimes when we're passing through those waters and through the fire, sometimes his presence seems a bit distant. And we think, where are you, Lord? Where are you in all this? But there's a key and there's a secret to having his presence in your life. And it's Psalm, found in Psalms 22. Second here. here I'll go back to it. Um, 22.3 it says you are holy and my version it says enthroned on the praises of Israel but some verses say he inhabits the praises of Israel that means that if you want his presence in your life 
you begin to praise him and worship him and fix your eyes on him so that his perfect peace will be in your heart and mind. When you begin to honor him and praise him and worship him, it says his presence, he inhabits those praises. He comes and his presence is with you. So church, I just want to encourage you. I think you have that as a church. I see the presence of God in this place because you are worshiping him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I want to encourage that. Keep it up. Never lose that because his presence is what changes lives. God bless you all. Thank you. Amen. We've had a wonderful time here this week. I love coming to Grace Church. It's my second time here. I have not had one egg or tomato thrown at me. Oh, the day's not over. Who said that? I want to welcome the people in Cafe Church. Give your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. I want to talk today a few minutes about awakening. Can you say awake with me? Awakening. Matthew chapter 25. Just before I step into that, does anybody here know who George Burns is? George Burns was a comedian, professional comedian. In the United States, he lived to be 100 years old, and they asked him when he was approaching 100 what his secret was to a long life. And he said, when you wake up, get up. And when you get up, do something or have something to do. And included in his day was to smoke a good cigar. I'm not telling you to smoke a good cigar, but when you wake up, get up. That's good advice. How many would agree with that? When you get up, have something to do. Do something. Have you ever lived around somebody that was hard to wake up in the morning? Yes. I was raised with six kids in my family, and uh, I have three older brothers, and two of them were hard sleepers. I have a brother, Dennis. We slept in bunk beds. He slept on the top bunk, and sometimes in the middle of the night, he would literally roll off of that bunk, hit the floor, thud, never wake up. <laughs> He'd wake up in the morning. I had another brother, David. He was my oldest brother. He would sleep with his hand hanging out beside his bed. And I have a cousin, Neil, who said, you know what we need to do? We need to get a pan of warm water <laughs> and stick his hand in it. And he said he'll, he'll wet all over himself. So we got this warm water and put his hand in it, and nothing happened. He didn't even wake up. So Neil said, let's get some mustard and put it in his hand. So we did. We got some mustard and put it in his hand and tickled his nose with a feather. Schmack. He put mustard all over his face. He did wake up. We went running out of that house as fast as we could down the street. He, he started coming after us, and I, I kind of avoided him for several days. <laughs> but a few nights later, I do remember having ice water thrown on me in the middle of the night. So. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25 says that the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom was delayed, they all, say all with me, all. 
they all, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. The bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose. Say arose with me. Arose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. The lamps are going out. The wise answered saying, no, there shouldn't be enough for us and you, but go out and sell and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. Those who were ready with him to the wedding, the door was shut. Afterward, the other versions came saying, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, surely I say to you, I don't know you watch therefore. And no, you don't know the hour or the day in which the Son of Man is coming. I don't want to interpret this verse, but I want to make application out of this verse because they all went to sleep. And at midnight, there was a cry. And it says they all arose. The Greek word is gero. They woke up. They come up out of their sleep and they, they came up out of their slumber. I want to give you a biblical definition for awake or awakening. It's to rise from sleep and sitting in disease. It's to rise from obscurity or non-existence. It's to come out of inactivity and lack of influence. It means to repair the ruined. How many know that God is in the restoration business? See, awakening is, is getting restored to repair the ruin, to awake from lethargy and dullness and indifference, to come out of apathy where there's no interest and no emotions, to rise from the dead to become vigilant and to rouse to activity or come alive in the activity of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 25 says they all slumbered. They all went to sleep. Jesus said that we're to stay busy. We're not supposed to go to sleep. So we have to resist apathy. You know that apathy, actually, we can resist it. We can say no to it. We, we have to say no to hard-heartedness because it'll dull us to sleep. Nobody, as a follower of Jesus, can afford to get bitter, stay angry, or be unforgiving. It will make your heart hard, and you will become apathetic and indifferent, and you'll fall asleep. So we have to resist those things. We have to say no to them. At midnight, at the darkest time, there was a cry made. Do you know that in your darkest hour, God will cry out to you? He will call you out of darkness. The heart of God for all of us is that we are passionately involved in what he is doing. That, that's his heart toward all of us all the time. When we get indifferent, when we get apathetic, when we get living in bitterness, he is still calling out to us saying, come on, wake up. Come out of that dark place. Come out of your slumber. When you read through the Old Testament, you find that Israel backslid, turned away from God, and God was always sending them prophets. Wake up. Return to me. I'll return to you. I'm going to do a thing for you. Even when you're in darkness, I'm still calling you out to come and follow me to, to wake up. We read here that these virgins, all of them arose. They all woke up. I'd just like to say in this nation, God has a wake-up call. In Ireland, there's a wake-up call. 
God is awakening people. You are the evidence that God is awakening people. You know what God's doing in this nation? He's sending the nations to this nation to participate in a great awakening. And out of this nation, people will be sent to other nations of the world with a wake-up call. It's time to arise because God is doing a great thing in the nations of the earth. Amen? I want to give you eight characteristics this morning out of Scripture of an awakened people. Matthew, or Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. Starting in verse 11, it says, And do this, knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry, not in drunkenness, not in licentiousness or immorality, not in strife and envy. Put on the Lord Jesus and make no, say no with me, no provision for the flesh or for selfishness. Don't provide for that. Matthew, or Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, you who are indifferent, you who are trapped in apathy and uncaringness. Arise from the dead. Arise from a powerless life, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk uprightly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Don't be unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled. Say filled with me. Filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Here are eight things. Eight characteristics of an awakened people out of these verses. Number one is this. They are receiving light from Christ. God is pouring in divine truth. There's a revelation that comes to us from God. He opens our eyes so we can see. None of us come into the kingdom of God without a revelation of who Jesus is. God has to open up our eyes. He has to open up our understanding. And he also reveals who we are. God reveals who he is and who we are. Can I tell you who he is? He is love. He is perfect. He is holy. He is righteous. He is all the goodness that you can ever think about. That's who God is. And can I tell you who we are? We're a mess. We don't have it together. We all need God. Amen. So when he reveals who he is and who we are, he invites us to come and participate with him. By the way, that's the best invitation you'll ever have in your life. Please say yes to Jesus. Amen. Amen. When we are receiving light, we have an illumination. The word of God isn't just some book that's on a shelf somewhere, but it actually comes alive in our lives. When we read it, we start to understand it. We understand more all the time. We will never exhaust 
the Word of God. It will exhaust us. Read it. Pray it. Meditate. Soak yourself in it. Let the promises of God come alive when you come awake. There's a quickening of the Holy Spirit or a desire for more of God. I just hang around you people. I want more of God. You are an awakened people. I'm here to declare who you are. You're a great church. God has put his hand upon you. He has put an awakening in this place. You're praying for a revival. I read the reports of what's going on around here. I want to declare something to you. You have a revival going on in your lives right now. God has awakened you. You need to get ready. You need to start thinking bigger. You need a bigger place. You need more, more room. You're going to see thousands and thousands and thousands of people come into the kingdom of God. Your little seat that you sit in and protect, somebody's going to take it from you. Praise the Lord. Listen, we all like to preach about change, but God is going to bring a great change. He's going to bring a change in this nation. Amen? Amen? Amen. There's an awakening. There's a quickening. Of the Holy Spirit. You want more of God. (laughs) The mantra. Of the early church. When they were awakened was this. Christus Victor. Christ is the victorious one. And we are in him. The mantra of the early church. Is going to become the mantra. Of the end time. Church. When the victorious one is living in you. You can love people. Like you never loved them before. You can care for people like you've never cared them before. The second one is this, that awakened people walk wisely. They honor God in thought with their bodies. They lay firm foundations. They don't just hear the word of God, they do. Say do with me. Come on. They do the word of God. They're not self-focused, but they are Jesus-centered. Awakened people Ephesians says they they redeem the time. They make the most of every chance that they get. They understand the times that they are living in. They find out what God is doing, and they join with what God is doing. Awakened people don't ask God to come and serve them. (laughs) They ask God, where can I serve? Amen. Amen. They pay attention to those people that are around them. They redeem the time. Number four is awakened people understand what the will of God is. I know that that becomes a a big mystery to people. I want to know the, the will of God. Can I tell you that the will of God is very simple? The will of God is that you become a worshiper. Because the Father is looking for those. He's not looking for a product. He's looking for a people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what Jesus said. You become a worshiper. He's seeking those who worship him. You become a soul winner. (laughs) Because it's not the will of God that any should perish, but that all should come in. To the kingdom of God. When, when you're an awakened person, you start looking for people who need God. Now, I'm of the understanding that Ireland, that the Christians are a minority. But I want to dispel that because God is with you. You're the majority. Amen. Amen. But you need to get a takeover mentality. 
We're here to win. We're here to win people to Jesus. Lost people need to be saved. Are there any lost people in Ireland? Awakened people have something to do. They understand what the will of God is. That it's the will of God for people to come in to the kingdom. There's a lot of work to do. Let me ask you this. Who are you praying for? Who are you reaching out toward? Who's on your target? Could I suggest to you that you live where God wants you to live because he wants you to win your neighbors? You work where you're working because God wants you to win the people that you work with. You shop where you shop because somebody there needs to see salt and light and have someone reach out to them. Every place in your life there are people. You have a sphere of influence. Work that sphere. Begin to pray for those people and watch God begin to do a work. Number five is awakened people are dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Paul said, be filled with the Spirit. He was talking to the Ephesian church. And if you look through history in Acts chapter 19, the Ephesian church was started with a dynamic outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The apostle Paul laid hands on people. They spoke in tongues. They prophesied. They were mightily impacted by the power of God. Yet in his epistle, he's saying, don't live on your historic experiences, but be filled over and over and over again with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled every day. People say, why do I need that? Because you leak. You give out. Don't function from burnout. Function from being filled up on a daily basis. Say, how do I get filled? Ask. How much more will your Father give, give, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The place of humility is, I need more of God today. (laughs) Barbara and I were just up in your upper room in the conference room up there. God, we just give you our flesh. Please give us your spirit. You want to do something here? We can't do it, but you can. Amen. We're filled over and over. We need his power. We need his giftings. We need the fruit of the Holy Spirit growing in our lives. Let me encourage you. I find it charismatic and spirit-filled people. I, I, I poke them all over the world. Listen, you have a language from heaven. Pray in it. Daily, stir it up, keep it going. That's how you build yourself up. It wasn't a one-time experience. The apostle Paul said, I speak in these tongues more than anybody does. Keep it going all the time. Shut your radio off and pray in the Holy Spirit. That's free. That's not in my notes. (laughs) Number six is awakened people have healthy, life-giving relationships. They encourage one another. They have small groups that they meet with. They they speak life to each other. You you know, you can't love one another by yourself. That's, That's really deep. You know, you can't encourage one another by yourself. 51 times in the New Testament, the phrase, 
One another is used. Admonish one another. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Love one another. One another is just, you, you've got to make those things go to work. And, and you know, I, I've had people say, well, nobody does that for me. Well, let me just prophesy to you. Take the initiative and do it yourself. Amen. You be the leader. You speak first. You be friendly. You smile. You hug. You love. You encourage. You know what? If you start doing it, you'll get it back. Because we reap what we sow. Sow to the Spirit, you'll reap of the Spirit. So become an encourager. Number seven is this, that awakened people sing. They have a song. They don't just listen. They participate. Songs of joy. I love the worship in your church. Stimulates my heart. You know what will happen? I'll be singing what I sang in church today, tomorrow. Of course, they tell me they don't give me a microphone in my own church. If I'd start to sing, they'd turn me way down. They'd just say this, Steve, you preach and you prophesy and you do those things you do, you let us sing. You, but, you know, the Bible says make a joyful noise. God likes it. Amen. I remember coming to Jesus. I was just such a messed up person. And the, the morning after I gave my life to Jesus, I'm driving my bread truck down the road, my crackly old voice, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. It's the only song I knew. <laughs> but something happened to me. God loves that joyful noise. He puts a new song in our mouths, praise to our God. David said this, man, he surrounded me with songs of deliverance. Some of us are trying to work our way out of darkness and work our way out of trouble. Let me tell you, sing your way out. The devil hates a singing church. (laughs) Number eight is awakened people are thankful. We have so much to be thankful for. We have so much. The apostle Paul said, in everything... Not for everything. In everything. Give thanks. It's the will of God. It's the garment of praise and thankfulness that breaks darkness and heaviness off of our lives. Become thankful. See, there's a wake-up call coming in the nations. God is at work. And he's inviting people to join him. The darkest hour is the prelude to the thundering voice of God to his people. Awake, awake. Put on your strength. We're not being called to be like George Burns and light a fancy cigar. We're not being called to have some joke played on us because there's mustard in our hand. We're actually being called and stirred by the Holy Spirit to engage or re-engage with God's purposes. That's what we're being called to do. Do you know that <laughs> do you know that you can know God better? That your life can be used to make a difference in the lives of others? I'd just like to sh- just encourage you this morning. That this living God that we serve wants to give you personally revelation of himself. 
He does. He wants to give you wisdom to know the times that you're living in. He wants you to understand that he's given you time. We all have the same amount of time. He's given you time to have influence upon other people. He wants you to know that you can have the power of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis to function in. You can have a fresh song to sing and a thankful heart. Our prayer should be, God, let the cry of the early church be the cry of the church in Ireland. Christ is the victor. Let the mantra of the early church come alive in Grace Church. Let this city know that there's a victorious Jesus living in and through Grace Church. Amen. 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 Let's stand together. Barbara and I were in Bolivia in December at a pastor's conference. And uh, we were speaking in southern Bolivia. There's probably 300 pastors from around the nation in Chile. There we were there with a, another couple, Dick Iverson, who's our spiritual father, who since then has gone to be with the Lord Jesus. But Bolivia is an awakened country. I've had the privilege of being there. I think I've been there 14 times. And in 19, mid-80s, Bolivia had 2%, 2% Christian people in their nation. Today, it's over 40%. And I'm talking about active, Holy Spirit, power-believing people that are taking over their country for the kingdom of God. What does awakening look like? There's passionate worship. There's a hunger for the word of God. (laughs) Their conferences, first time I went, we went from 7 in the morning until 9 at night. More. We want more. We want more. The, the apathy is gone. Let, let Help us. Because there's an awakening. The Holy Spirit is at work in their country. And I find Bolivia and Ireland have a lot of the same similarities. And God somehow has put me coming to these two nations over and over again. And I don't believe it's a coincidence. I believe that what happened there, God wants to do in Ireland. That there will be a mighty awakening of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I want to prophesy over this church this morning. It's been stirring since I got here. That the Lord wants to make Grace Church a church like Antioch. That he will gather together leaders. You will have apostolic leadership, prophetic leadership, pastoral leadership, evangelistic leadership. You'll have teachers in the house of God. I'm going to gather people in this city. I'm going to break down the walls of division and strife that have been in the body of Christ in this part of this nation. I'm going to unify leaders. A new humility is going to come upon leadership in this nation. Tom, you're going to have people start calling you. How can we help? What can can we do? God's going to break down the walls where there's been division and pain and strife. God is going to pour oil and healing into this place. There's going to come absolutely, it'll be called a miracle movement of the spirit of the living God. I'm going to pour my spirit out upon this nation, says God. I'm going to touch the hearts and minds from the uttermost to the 
uppermost. I'm going to touch every segment of society from the poor to the rich. I'm going to bring people together and I'm going to do a work in this nation that is going to confound even Europe. They're going to start looking at Ireland and saying, what is God doing there? And God is going to use even the Irish people to shake the European continent with the very presence of God. Oh, I am going to awaken this place in ways that are going to profound you. You will look around and say, how could this ever happen? But it's God. It belongs to God. To God be the glory for the great things that he has done. It will not be credited to any man. It will be credited to the work of the spirit of the living God. You will see signs and wonders and miracles. Bodies healed. Hearts healed. Minds healed. Miraculous awakenings will begin to happen in this nation. People will wake up in the morning and say, something is happening to me. I need to get right with God. This place is going to be open every day of the week. People are going to be coming for prayer, for healing, for deliverance. You will become a center of life, a center of awakening. You will become a place of my power. Oh, God is going to do a work inside of you. It'll be like a wake-up call. It's going to touch the children. It's going to touch the youth. It's going to touch the elderly. It's going to touch every tribe of people living in this nation. It's going to touch every color of people, every ethnic group. It's going to be a mighty wave of my spirit, says God. I am up to something, and I'm inviting you to step into the forefront, be the icebreaker, and join what I'm doing. No longer look at yourself as small and as ineffective. I am with you, says the Lord, and I am going to use you in ways that you you've never even thought about. Oh, I'm going to break small-mindedness off of the church in Ireland. I'm going to let you start seeing yourself. You are mighty. You are powerful. God is with you. The mighty God, He is among you, and He will save, and He will redeem even the lowliest of people. I'm going to do a work in this nation, says God. Hallelujah. There's an awakening coming. There's an awakening coming. Just there, Steve went through briefly eight different ways that we need to be awakened. Honestly, I find some of them challenging. Because if we're all authentic and honest, we can go, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm fine with singing. No problem. But one or two of the others I think I struggle with. How about you? Can anyone here say, maybe there's one of those eight? The seven is there, Ted? It's all right. Can, can I encourage you? Be honest here. Why do we have on our windows and doors real people, real church? We don't want to be fake. We don't want to play a game. We want to be honest. God sees us. If I put on a front, God sees through it. The hypocrisy, the actors, they were the, the Pharisees, but the Christians were real. So the band are going to play, and I know it's the heart of Steve and Barbara to pray for anyone here who wants to respond to any of those issues. So, can I put it to you here? 
If you've got one of those areas and you're going, you know what, Lord? I need you to touch me, to help me to be fully awake so that I can be blessed and be the man or the woman I was born to me. Would you lift up your hand? You can identify with at least one. Praise God if you've got the eight going. Hallelujah. Okay. The band are going to play. I'm going to ask Stephen Barber to stand up here. Maybe we could have two cues, guys. If one of you could stand here and one of you could stand over here. Because Barbara is as anointed as Steve is. We can see it. If you want prayer for one of those areas, would you come and come forward to the top? We're going to do a collective prayer and then the guys can do individual prayers. So can you leave your seat and come and join a queue for prayer? If you want to just be honest before the Lord with this. You have to leave your seat to own the prayer. If you're staying in the seat, it's hard to pray. I'm going to do a collective prayer and the guys will do individual prayer. Okay. Let's lift our hands. We heard these eight keys and we acknowledge authentically and in weakness that we are weak in some of those areas, oh God. And so this morning, the 6th of May, the year of our Lord, 2018, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to help us in whatever area we are struggling in. We need your power. We need your touch. Come and move now, Lord Jesus, and help us as we strive to be the people we were born to be. In Jesus' name, amen. What's the song we're singing? The guys are going to quietly pray, play, breathe on me, breath of God. So that's what we're going to close with. The song is our closing song. We've got coffee and tea and cake and nice things upstairs. But let's sing this song to close and you can join the queue or you can go up for coffee. Let's sing it before the Lord. Breathe on me.